Over the last two months, several Texas school districts have discussed putting an end to sending recapture payments, or Robin Hood money, to the state. Two districts, Keller ISD near Fort Worth and Spring Branch ISD near Houston, have even voted not to send the money at all next year. So basically what you're saying is that we're not making the payment, right? For the upcoming school year, correct. Robinhood started in the early 1980s as a way to help fund districts in parts of the state that don't receive as much in local property taxes. Districts in more densely populated areas that collect more property tax revenue send excess money to the state to be redistributed. I'm Chris Blake, and this week on Texas Wants to Know, we'll dig into recapture and why some districts are turning against it. Carissa D'Agostino has been following this story for KRLD for a couple of weeks now and joins me to break it down. But first, Carissa, welcome not only to Texas Wants to Know, but to the state in general. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. So you've been covering this story since Keller ISD School Board voted on September 11th not to make their 2024 recapture payment to the state. What were some of the reasons that members brought up? Well, basically, the biggest reason is that this money is not going to their students while they're also not receiving any funding from the state. So it's causing a deficit in their budget. So they're having a hard time funding, like I said, their students um, while also sending millions of dollars back to the state. So the amount of money that districts are sending to the state through recapture has tripled in the last decade. Why has that number gone up so fast? So the way that the state of Texas funds their education, the formula is super complex and probably not something I'm going to explain very well. So I actually spoke with a policy expert from SMU, and then I also spoke with a representative who kind of explained this a little bit better. That would be Watt Leslie Black, a clinical professor in education policy and law at SMU, and state representative James Tallarico, a Democrat from Austin. I think Robin Hood's a little bit sort of just a, the, those those recapture payments are just happening sort of at the wrong time and at the wrong moment right now for some boards. But uh, they're obviously frustrated because the legislature didn't do anything um, to help school districts. And, and uh, financially, they didn't make any tweaks to funding. They haven't raised the basic allotments since before the pandemic, despite, you know, record setting inflation that we've had over the last several years. And in addition to, you know, they have this huge surplus that they kept talking about but they just never got around even in special session to to doing anything substantial to sort of help stem the the current sort of financial emergency that school districts are, 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 are feeling. The school finance formula is complicated, but it essentially guarantees a certain entitlement for school districts. Um, what, how much money are they owed for the work of educating our kids? And the state has not increased the basic allotment, which is the, the key component of our school finance formula um, in um, in the last five years uh, as inflation has skyrocketed. And so that that means that school districts have a smaller pot to to fill up um, with local and state dollars. And if you overflow that pot, which is pretty easy to do because it's so small, those dollars are now being sent back to the state. Um, and and the state is using that to balance its budget. So essentially, the big cities that are becoming more dense have more money coming in, but the way it's getting sent back out to maybe the more rural school districts hasn't changed. 
Absolutely. So basically, these cities are getting denser. So they're still owing a substantial amount of money. But the state hasn't recalculated for things that we've seen become a problem like inflation. So if that's the case, what do opponents of recapture want to do with the money instead of sending it to the state? Well, essentially, they want to keep it for themselves and their students. So we're seeing districts like Keller ISC who, while they're wealthier, they're not the wealthiest district, but they're still sending millions of dollars each year back to recapture funds. They want to keep that for their students because now they're having issues funding their students and funding their district. And one of the things that we were talking about before we started recording was that even though education has become a very partisan issue in the state, you say there's actually some alignment here between Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, I think the biggest thing to point out is that the way we take in these recapture funds and education funding as a whole in Texas is flawed. It hasn't changed. The algorithms haven't changed to account for any of these things. And you're hearing it on both sides of the aisle where some people may argue that this is a push by Keller ISD to maybe push an agenda of a more conservative um, representative who wants a voucher program, say, or charter schools. That's not necessarily the case. I spoke with a Democratic representative who says they're all on the same page, that they need to reformulate the way that they're funding education in the state of Texas. We're not going to deep dive into school choice in this episode, but I did talk to Forrest Wilder, a senior editor at Texas Monthly, about the topic this spring for an episode of this podcast. Here's a brief explanation. So I guess a school voucher, a simple definition would be giving public funding to a parent so that they could use it for their child, typically in like in a private private setting. So so the money attaches to the the student rather than funding a system of public schools. So I think a key feature of that is you're using public taxpayer dollars for a private education. If you want to learn why school choice is a priority for the state's top elected officials, check out our May 11th episode. Carissa spoke to Black, the SMU professor, at length about recapture. He says districts have never been wild about it. We've been doing Robin Hood um, for 30 plus years, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's never been popular, <laughs> right? I mean, even among people who understand, I think, you know, the intellectually get that the system before was inequitable and we had to do something to fix the system and we couldn't, you know, um, punish kids um, by, by giving them substandard public educations or underfunded public educations just based on, you know, their zip code, right? Um, so I think, you know, people have come to understand that generally intellectually that, that it's, it's necessary to do something to equalize funding from district to district. But um, having said that, it's still just never been a super popular plan, right? And and those um, people who, you know, particularly people who, who were associated with the wealthier school districts, nobody likes writing a big check, you know? Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> nobody, it's just like, a, you know, you paying your taxes in, in every spring, you know, and, and if you end up having to you know, cut a, a big check to the government. Nobody likes doing that, even if you fully understand the reasons why we do it. I think now what's, what's what we're feeling in the current environment, which I totally get, is is a lot of frustration at the um, district level. Boards, I think, are frustrated. Um, superintendents are frustrated. Um, and it's not necessarily because of Robin Hood, I, I think. I think Robin Hood's a little bit sort of just to, the, those those recapture payments are just happening sort of at the wrong time and at the wrong moment right now 
um, for, for some boards, but um, they're obviously frustrated because the legislature didn't do anything um, to help school districts. Um, and and uh, financially, they didn't make any tweaks to funding. They haven't raised the basic allotment since before the pandemic, despite you know record-setting inflation that we've had over the last several years. This excess of funds that the state has, one of the concerns that the school district raised was that they could technically use those funds to balance other government budgets. And is that accurate? That's not accurate, um, to my understanding. I, you know, and I've read some of those comments. Here's where I think that's coming from. There, are some of the, you know, the, the websites out there around recapture will say things like these recapture payments help the state balance their budget and pursue other priorities outside of education, which if you read that, it, it, I think it, it kind of leads you to believe they're taking the recapture payment and you know, using it to pay, repay the highway or something, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, but I think um, the statute requires that, you know, I think legally the, the money that comes in for recapture is, is um, dedicated to education, dedicated to, to equalizing with other school districts. I think what is true and, and maybe where this started and this sort of what I think is a misunderstanding is um, that let's say the, the state um, the state's taking in all these recapture payments from various districts, right, and applying those to schools. And at the same time, there are other tax dollars they're taking in, other revenue they're taking in, tax dollars that are not related to, to recapture, right? If they didn't have these recapture funds, some of these other tax dollars might otherwise have to be funneled to education in order to fund schools. If there is an excess of funds and these school districts, like you said, they're not getting any funding from the state and that's causing frustration, why is that? Why is the state not maybe distributing more of these funds back to these schools? Why are they still, because that seemed to be one of their big points of contention too, was that they're still asking for high amounts for these uh, Robin Hood dollars recapture funds, but they're not getting any state funding back. You know, I, you can read what people think about, um, you know, what the priorities are in Austin in terms of, of public education and how, how committed they are or aren't, you know, to, to funding, you know, traditional public schools. And, and there's all sorts of theories people have about, you know, why the state doesn't prioritize it more. And, and, um, you know, and there is a push, you know, from state leadership to, to move towards more choice and, and vouchers. And, and, you know, that's always sort of, you know, a back burner issue. I, I have a, a inkling that were it not for the attorney general impeachment trial that we, we just went through, that there may have been uh, another special session. If districts want to redo how recapture money is either sent to the state or distributed, are there any alternatives that could help the more rural districts, the smaller districts maintain that same level of funding? Well, the thing is, is that the funding itself and the formula for the funding needs to be adjusted because we are seeing things like private schools and charter schools. And nobody has specifically said whether that funding 
doesn't go to private schools or charter schools. So it's things like that where if you took those schools out of the equation, then kids in rural areas or hard-hit school districts that might not have that funding would be able to have more of these dollars, and maybe we would even be able to reduce the amount that some of these school districts have to give. Carissa, very interesting subject. We know you'll keep following it. Thanks for jumping on with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm Chris Blake at News Radio 1080 KROB in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thanks for joining me for Texas Wants to Know. If you like the show, please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I wrote and produced this episode with reporting by Carissa D'Agostino, editorial support from Cooper Mall, and original music by Michael Eisenstein. Odyssey's managing producer for national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan.